excited. I'm thrilled. <laughs> Woke up today, so I can't wait to get behind a microphone. <laughs> Create some content. Create some content. 2022. What okay, so this is uh, 2020 in review. Uh-huh. 2021. And, 20, oh, shoot. It's 2021. It's 2020. Yeah, this is 2021 in review and a look forward into 2022. Yeah. Uh-huh. So maybe we can start with some of the highlights from this past year. Um, starting with, well, I don't know. What do you guys want to start with? We purchased a trailer. That's a big highlight. Yeah, that's a big highlight. So as of early January, January 9th is today. We should have that up and going with within a week or two. Um, what's the vision with the trailer once it's complete? Neither one of you guys can take that. Mobile cafe. Mobile cafe. Yeah. Did we have a sound mixer? Be like, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> like radio? Yes. Do, 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 do. So we got the trailer. Yeah, okay. So we maybe we can talk about what appealed to us about the trailer uh, just briefly. So uh, we were looking around. We looked, at, we looked at everything from horse trailers to uh, box trucks to all-in-one vehicles. Retro campers. Retro campers that we were going to ha- have to outfit. Too bad these guys are too tall. Yeah. Yeah, campers. we kept running into an issue where we didn't have enough headspace or I didn't have enough headspace. <laughs> So we ended up going when this, uh, the one that we ended up purchasing popped up, it was pretty exciting because we have this vision of being able to offer walk-up service as well as drive through service, perhaps even simultaneously. And so when we saw this, uh, it was basically a utility trailer. It appealed to us because we can kind of do both. It has the concession window as well as the drive-through trailer Mm -hmm. or the drive-through window rather. And so the plan is to make it pretty modular so that we can be super adaptable depending on where we are. Yeah. Um, so we decided to make uh, a, an espresso cart, which is pretty sick, because we, we were able to, to build that custom. We had uh, Steve help us with the, with the welding. And um, so the thought is that we can be pretty nimble and move around, move our entire setup around depending on whether we're at a venue, in a parking lot and make it really a mobile cafe experience. Yeah, so rather sure. than the thought was, we don't like it when you walk up to a, you know, a van or something and you're like looking straight up, they're looking out of this tiny little window. You can't really see what's going on inside. We want it to be a lot more open and right. inviting kind of like a cafe when you walk up and there's the the counter there if you want to you can interact with the barista perhaps mm-hmm. you can kind of see what they're doing so that was the thought with this trailer is that it's very open pretty much sure. as open as a trailer can possibly be yeah when all of the, the windows are open so anyways doing that was it's been a lot it's been i mean we basically gutted the entire thing so it took maybe a little bit longer than we were expecting um so we just have to finish putting up the walls and so our thought is that that'll be up soon and we'll be able to take that to the farmer's market hopefully and then we'll also be able to really set up anywhere i think our focus will probably be more on the west end like the short pump area but um we're yeah we're really excited about that because i mean that's gonna you know 
quintuple the amount of exposure that we're that we're able to get with sure. with everybody which is something that we're really excited about yeah. is getting facetime with people getting coffee and drinks into people's hands um and there's definitely a shortage of non-corporate coffee options in this side of town so that's yeah. something that we're really excited about being able to offer people an alternative because right now there really aren't too many alternatives if any yeah. alternatives um mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as uh, I don't know, maybe you can talk about the the roaster. Um, we purchased a roaster early, mid to early last year in March. I think is when we were up and ro- yeah running with that. Um, what's your experience been like with that coming from the Beemore? Yeah, so the Beemore, man, that thing is getting a little dusty now. I don't even touch it anymore because this this uh, new roaster that we've been working with is just so so capable and there's still a lot more headroom to grow you know the be more which is like probably i'd say like the best you can do for a home roaster largest capacity for a home roaster at one pound max you know and it'll yield you a 12 ounce bag so that that easily was like no way too small so this roaster the air roaster um it's got a 10 pound capacity anywhere from two to 10 pounds and we've kind of been learning it's this little quirks and features shout out to doug demuro right that's his last name right yeah <laughs> anyways uh we've been working on it or working with it and just learning how it takes heat on with different kinds of beans so far we've found like two or three profiles that are like really good that kind of allow the beans to speak for themselves um whether it's a south american um, or an African bean, um, or even taking a little bit darker, like our cornerstone blend for that bolder taste, yet still barely touching second crack, you know, that oily coffee. It's not shining, shining, but it's got little, little drops here and there, but that allows it to spit through for, or to shine through the, um, our milk-based drinks for espresso setup. Um, yeah, the roaster has been very consistent. Even working on it from like 98 degree temperatures to below freezing. It's, right. I mean, it takes time to warm up, but on, when, when it's running and you're going, it's definitely holding up as a commercial machine. And yeah, I think Coffee Crafters has done a great job with this setup. Yeah, I think we noticed that at the outset how even the roast was. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited to see what they will do. Um, I think we heard from Ken, the the owner of coffee crafters that they are in the works of an even larger capacity commercial machine right now this 10 pounder is about the max that they have but apparently they're working on something behind the scenes so right nice maybe you can jimmy if you want to touch on the our the, the coffees that we've been through this year kind of our evolution in terms of the coffees that we've had what we've liked um the our blends evolution of cornerstone and then uh, what we're looking to do early 2022 yeah um what have we had i think one of the first things that we were doing was well we bought from who's again harrisonburg um phil phil Phil. is that harrisonburg yeah yes yes we bought from phil and Phil finally said that we're going to outgrow him. Or he said he wants us to outgrow him, right? Because right? we're trying to procure from an actual, you know, distribution channel that can meet our growing demands. Yeah. So what was the last thing we bought from Phil? We bought Kenya from Phil. We bought Guatemala from Phil. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
we Columbia bought Colima. Columbia to Lima. I forgot about Columbia to Lima. That's right. Our OG yeah. Columbia. Yeah, because yeah. that was when we were comparing it with uh, the other company that's got a bird that's red. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Uh, they have a right. Columbia to Lima right. as well. And ours was, of course, amazing. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's right. That's a throwback. Columbia to Lima. Yes. Uh, yeah, so we took that drive. I remember uh, taking that drive in the snow to Harrisonburg. Yeah. And that was actually what I only lived here in like um, two months, maybe. Yeah. Not too long. So it was kind of cool to see that part of Virginia. And then yeah, I remember what well, we were toying with the idea. We had the Zoom call with him of like, what can we do? And he was talking about his partner that, you know, hey, you have a dock. And if you bring the forklift and he'll load it in your truck. And I don't know, it just seemed like we'll be going to some dock at night and some guy was off throwing coffee onto a boat onto our truck so yeah i don't know it seemed kind of shady not shady but just like how is that sustainable how are we going to do that all the time yeah, for, where are we going to get a loading dock yeah where are we going to get a loading dock exactly because he was saying oh you're going to have to they they charge you to to lower the 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 lift gate right on the truck we're like shoot we got to find some place with loading dock right um but we ordered anyways yes we're like okay let's just let's just do it because we need it uh and then what we drove out there and we remember loading the boxes into the truck uh, and took like a detour trip home. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Just go through the the winter wonderland that is Western Virginia. Um, how do we stumble across? We he bought from Royal. Is that yes. how we got Royal? Right, right. Yeah, he bought, he bought from, from Royal. Royal, and we're like, okay, that seems to be legitimate. I mean, it's been interesting. Every every aspect of this company has been evolving into, you know, you don't know what you don't even know. Right, right? you yep. know, like okay, well, mm-hmm. how does coffee get here? It seems like an afterthought once you're drinking it, but you don't realize how much goes into getting coffee into the United States. Anyways, yeah. long story short, getting in touch with Royal, we got hooked up with a pretty good rep um, that was nice enough to, even though we're a small, tiny roaster, they're nice enough to kind of give us a time of day and explain things to us. Because early on, when we were trying to do things, remember, like, well, unless you buy 10,000 units, like, don't even talk to us. Yeah, packaging right. pretty every, much everywhere you go. Oh, yeah, every yeah. little thing, they're just like, you guys, once you're a big company or, or producing enough, nobody gave us a time of day. So it was right. nice to see this roast, this this importer, knowing that we're going to do, you know, to their standards, probably a tiny little order, uh, gave us, you know, some good recommendations. So we ended up buying coffee from them. And uh, it's been it's been nice. I think we've hit a stride with our roasting. Mm-hmm. Um, the number one seller is a Cornerstone blends, which I don't think any of us saw coming. Like Bali seemed to be the the winner, yeah. uh, but Cornerstone just kind of that, that. I think that last change. Yeah, maybe you can talk on that. What, what was yeah. behind the change? Because originally, whenever people said we we like dark roast, right? We pointed we them, them to Cornerstone, right? Right, because that was the darkest that we had. But in, in actuality, you can't even really call that a dark roast. No, it's more of a, a medium, right? And so there were friends among us. I mean, two people that come to mind instantly, where they're like, "We want to support you, but I just like dark coffee, right? I, I just do. That's what I'm interested in." And Cornerstone, it just wasn't quite dark enough for them. Right. But we wanted to reach those people. Yeah, we try to show them the error in their ways. I'm just kidding. It's just dark, dark coffee is, again, whatever kind of coffee you enjoy. But for us, we're trying to really, I don't know, accentuate some of the individual notes, which could still be done with dark. And we realized that with Cornerstone. Yeah. We took it dark, but would you say that if you held it up to most, even, let's not say second wave, third wave coffee roasters, would you still consider our Cornerstone really that dark? No. Right? Yeah. Even the second iteration of it. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going darker to it. What, what was our first, what is the temperature we go to now? The temperature I bring the beans to is about 455. 
Okay. 55 degrees prior, I would just take it to about 435. And so what this allowed going the extra 20 degrees, um, allowed the bean to develop a little more and still touch that second crack, which we weren't even doing before. Yeah. Um, and that allows the caramelization of the bean, but without, uh, breaking it down and then you're getting like carbon flavors. You yeah. Know? So. I mean, you're looking at a picture right now between the difference and it's, the the dis the difference in the picture looks drastic, but when you look at that dark compared to even what's considered dark, it's not right. close. Yeah, and there oh, were yeah. two there were two main considerations I would say yeah. for us. Number one is when we're selling whole beans to people, making sure that we had an offer in our lineup that they would be happy with brewing for themselves at home. But the other consideration for us was that we were making this change right around the same time as we purchased our espresso machine. Right. Yep. That's and. Right. So we wanted to make sure that as we're taking this darker, do we still like this as espresso, right? Is it still putting the best foot forward of the beans that we have? Yeah. Because in, uh, initially, uh, our espresso blend, you'd call it, it was chocolate dipped, right? Yeah. Well, the, oh, man. Yeah, that's a throwback. Cherry so, House. Yeah, so the, the thought being that it had kind of a, it had that berry flavor, but it had the, the <laughs> chocolatiness. Um, but when we take it darker, are we going to lose some of that berry? You know, is it going to become a little bit more one note? Is it, is it just going to be dark? Right. You know, and so we, we did a comparison and I, the conclusion that we came to was that it still has a lot to offer as espresso, um, but it has that good dark flavor because now we've been incorporating that not just into the classic lineup of drinks, latte, cappuccino, et cetera, but also our seasonal drinks right now. Yeah. So having something that could stand up well to a lot of additional flavoring. And that's been really exciting. It's been really, really mm -hmm. tasty to uh, to pair it with all of the seasonal drinks that we've had for the right. fall and winter season. So yes. yeah, I, I think it's been a it's been a success, and I feel really excited and confident about it going forward. As kind of our, I, I think your espresso blend for a lot of roasters is kind of their the main pillar of your business, right? Especially if you have a, ca a cafe operation, that's probably what you're going to be using yeah. the most of. That's right. Um, yeah, for cafe operation, it's going to be your mainstay. I'm excited to also offer single origin espresso for like oh, yeah. enthusiasts. Yes, uh, I know we find ourselves going to cafes, and if they have a single origin espresso, we're always down to to try it. Right. Uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting as we evolve. Again, it's like you don't know what you don't know. Is realizing like how finicky it is to dial an espresso. So then once you do, you're like, well, I'm not messing with that grinder to then put in a different kind of bean in there. Right. So yeah. to buy a secondary grinder and then t dial that in, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of like hoops to jump through, but to offer a cool, like Bali shots, for example. Bali shots. Bali espresso shots were, were I would have never thought, well, first, never thought Bali to begin with yeah. as a great single origin. Right. And it has been. Uh, and then let alone as an espresso shot, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm excited for this year to have the mobile cafe and wheels and try all those kind of iterations of single origin shots yeah i i want to get in an african shot one of these days yeah you know uh lighter roast but uh yeah super dialed in african shot like yeah. a kenya shot what do you think that would be like a that just would be, a, a condensed grapefruit. i don't know like a you know, a grapefruit shot yeah. i don't know that'd be shot crazy some sort of grapefruit tea yeah like yeah. but you know you just would you see over extractor what do you when you put too much tea it's just like yeah, it's intense. Punches you in the face. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for that. It's, it's almost like an extract. Yeah, extract, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a Kenya extract. Yeah. Right, so Bali was good as a single origin choice. That's our second number one, second number one, second best seller right. uh, that we have as a single origin. 
And I don't know, it kind of leads us into what we're excited about this year for our new lineup of, of beans. Again, everything being cyclical with the seasonality of coffee. You know, we're like, oh, when is Kenya going to come back? When is Guatemala going to come back? But you also want to try new things. So it's that balance line of let's – we know what we like. Why not get it? But also there's so much out there. Yeah, it's like you're revisiting old friends, but you also want to meet new friends. Right, right. And it can be that way because you have certain farms, certain origins that you fall in love with. But at the same time, yeah, you want to keep it exciting. Right. You know, both for us and for everybody that is uh, – kind enough to support us you know we want to keep it exciting for everyone to expand our palettes expand their palettes um so well one thing that we were really excited about going into this year uh was the we finally got a decaf that we really like that's true is very hard to do right yeah that's true because you're not only choosing the origin right the farm right you start with the underlying bean but then there's also the process on top of that to decaffeinate it yeah. And that can kind of make or break the bean. You know, even if it was good pre the decaffeination yeah. process, that can mm-hmm. kind of wreck it and you end up with something that's very flat. Right. Uh, has a certain chemically taste to it, which re- yeah. really kind of ruins it. So we ended up with a Mexico Chiapas, which I know is one of your more favorite origins. Mm-hmm. And so we ordered a whole, what is it, 40 kilo bag of it. And yeah. we've been really enjoying it we were really excited that we actually have a decaf right that we enjoy drinking right. even without or especially without milk we're there are times between choosing what to drink like i would just drink the decaf if it, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the caffeine yeah. right it's yeah. like in the morning like because it's decaf i by default i need to do this other coffee but right that's at least how good it was standing up to other single origins right as a heavy hitter Right. And you, you're right. You, you don't have that chemically taste to it. It doesn't have that that flat muted taste to it. It's yeah. pretty evolved. Yeah. So I'm excited for people to try it. I mean, I think it's gonna. You get a lot. I don't know. My experience when you ask people, you know, do you want decaf, and they're just kind of, oh, well, why is that even a thing? Like, mm-hmm. who drinks decaf coffee? What's the point? Right. What's the point? Right. I drink coffee because not because it tastes good, because it's caffeinated. Right. To right. so yeah. realize, like, no, you get a great tasting cup of coffee. That's also not going to keep you up. Till two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And we love pairing it with, there's so many times when after dinner you have a dessert and you're like, oh, this brownie or this cake or whatever it is. I wish I could have coffee, but it's just too late. Right. Boom. In steps, decaf. It's, it's the perfect time to be able to enjoy the experience without the limitations. Right. Yeah. So super excited that that actually turned out because I have had a number of decafs that I was very underwhelmed. They're they're just not pleasant to drink. Right. Yeah, dude, I'd buy a bag and like, just have to give it away. I yeah, just you couldn't finish it. Well, even, even making the decision to buy the bag, you're just kind of like, do I really want to buy this? Yeah. You know, like, is it going to be that good? And if it's not, and they're usually more expensive yeah. because of the process they have to go through. Right. Uh, let alone a single origin decaf. Most of the time, they're farmhouse blends. Just throw <laughs> together decaf, right. Swiss water. Yeah. Right. right. We've got a single origin Swiss water process Mexican chiapas. Organic. That's organic. Yeah. It's killing it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of organic, uh, that's one of the things we want to lean into more probably this year, right? Not, right. you know, that we didn't do this already, but we never really advertise it as such. But we all, we, all of us, I think we like, I don't know, making sure we buy good foods and eat good things and things like that. And For I think sure. also with our coffee, we've made a selection of organic coffees that, again, not just buying it because it says it's organic. We want to make sure it's good. But if we can, why not? And even all of our drinks, like our organic whole milk, organic oat milk, 
Uh, most of our drinks are organic cane sugar based. If you are going to do like the ginger snap and seasonal drinks, yeah. So yeah, just even educating the consumer that you don't have to buy this synthetic chemical induced sweet latte. I don't know when you hear like coconut caramel latte, for example, which is one of our seasonal drinks. What would you think of? Not knowing us. Yeah, I mean, it's like maybe a coconut extract or something. Yeah, something that's very intensely coconutty. Right. That just overwhelms every other flavor, and then super, super sweet. Yeah, definitely would be part right. Of it. Super sweet, or like peppermint mocha. Right. Yeah. You just think like uh, just a synthetic. Yeah. Right. So all the drinks that we've been doing, it's been cool because we've been getting it as natural as possible, like actual gin or actual peppermints, creating the ginger kind of snap of it, right. reducing down the difference. Uh, uh, herbs and spices and then again organic cane sugar as a base so I don't know I think that's what I want to make more people aware of yeah. is you don't you know the, the frou-frou drinks as they're called mm-hmm. like you could do that tastefully and you could do that with really good pure ingredients and I think that's something we're going to lead into more probably especially as we come up with our spring and summer yeah. espresso based lineup I'm yes. excited for like iced drinks and iced espresso yeah uh, I think one that we're considering or uh, playing is with the with the honey lavender mm-hmm. a lot of times lavender can be done because it's synthetic and you just instantly tasting like this isn't good or honey you know you look at the ingredients and there's not actual honey it's uh-huh. just fake you know fake honey yeah. that's so, a thing yeah it's, that's an actual thing honey flavor well like this you know not to get it too much etc like um well like root beer or no uh ginger ginger uh ginger beer ginger ale or things like ginger that mm. like there's no ginger any of those right. like i don't know how many times you get those kind of things <laughs> how like, is that no, possible right? how is that possible so yeah. same thing with like even honey flavoring yeah, it's like not actual honey right so having something that's done tastefully with the pure good ingredients and uh not costing an arm and the leg we talked about the company salad ago from yep. arizona yep just you know dialing down their entire uh, process that they're able to offer really good quality salads, uh, good quality meat, and they're extremely affordable. Same thing with us. Like I don't see why it has to be a seven dollar latte right. for synthetic sugar when we could do a three dollar, four dollar latte for really good, you yeah. know, sourced ingredients. Right. Just by remaining true to the components of the whole experience that are essential, right. and getting rid of everything else that kind of adds bloat. On the experience, right? right. It's all yeah. about providing value to people, um, and and part of value is not just price; it's also the quality with that price. Right. right? It, it's not a matter of slashing prices just to get get it as cheap as possible. It's finding that perfect balance between really high quality without the really high prices that are normal normally associated with that quality. Right. Uh, so that's something that we're always considering in the coffees that we buy, and um, and yeah. even with the trailer, right? right. How can we offer a great experience, but not have to pass on a lot of expense onto our customers. Cause that's something that we appreciate. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was even one of the launching points of this company was like, how come there's no good quality, affordable coffee? Yeah. You know, that's, you feel like you're paying $20 or 12 ounce bags, $25 or 12 ounce bags. And there are times that it's warranted based on the kind of bean they're getting. There's definitely specialty micro batch farms, but for the most part you could get as we're trying to showcase great coffee for uh, you know, not breaking the bank, right? Would you be regularly spending twenty twenty five dollars a week on coffee? No, a lot of people do, and it's sad. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like might as well buy a roaster, right? right. right. <laughs> At that point, you can figure it out how to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's been a big learning for us, or at least for me. I'll speak for myself. Is that you know, quality is really just an accumulation of the little details. You know, whether yeah. it's the coffee itself or it's the drinks. You don't, you don't roast 
coffee into being good right right like the the underlying bean has to be high quality right and really you're just allowing the bean to express what it really is so if it's not there you're not going to taste it and it's absolutely the same thing with when when we're making drinks at the espresso bar if you don't have high quality ingredients there's no way that it's going to taste high quality right um so yeah, what what do what would you say that we have in store for the upcoming year in terms of quality? What, what are you guys looking forward to, and how? Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit briefly about how our coffee procurement is, how we're going to improve that. Yeah, yeah, I think one of the things that we have issues running into is guessing how good the coffee that we're going to buy based on what the descriptions are. Right, because even when you get the samples, they roast it a little bit more darker than we want couple of times, I don't know, you got kind of a stale taste. Right, because just to clarify, right. instead of sen- sending the green beans, right. they send you already roasted versions of that. So you're, you're not able to taste the bean as you would roast it. Right. You're tasting it as they're roasting it, and you're getting it from whenever they happen to roast it. That could be a month, month, month and a half. Right. Ago. I don't know. Yeah. Or or you get the green beans, and it's, I forgot what the quantity is. It's, it's, it's very small. It's Yeah, it's sub a pound, I think. Yeah. Right? And minimum requirement for our roaster, and, and most commercial roasters. Effectively, we probably have one of the smallest requirements right. of a large-scale roaster. Right. Uh, two pounds, yeah. I think yeah. the other ones are much higher. Anyways, we can't even get the green beans. So something that we'll probably do is buy kind of a a mini version of our air roaster, right, that can, that can measure temperature because that's a big thing, time and temperature, how quickly the bean gets to a certain degree level. Uh, so to be able to dial in instead of just – I mean, even with the experience we had right now, right, there are two single origins that we are excited by on paper – uh, and then they just didn't really pass, what would you call it, the parasia test, I guess? I mean, no, it's the, yeah. what it, are we excited about this right. test? That's right. what I would call it. Like, can I can I recommend this to somebody enthusiastically? Oh, you got to try this. Right. It's so tasty. If we can't say that, then Why that's not we something. That, yeah, we right. don't want to offer yeah. that. Yeah, and, and we committed. I mean, we bought again the, these two giant bags of coffee. Right. So it's not going to be like, oh, let's just sell it because we bought it already. It's like, no, we want to make sure we put. A product out there that again we enjoy to taste and we would drink it ourselves daily yeah. habit uh so we made it school blends right yeah. I, there's not it's like a working name there's no name yet but i don't right. know kind of like a teaser a little bit i guess is uh pairing it with peanut butter and jelly yes you know would you ever think to have a spoonful of peanut butter and jelly and drink coffee no way man right yeah. now no. i don't know no. right it doesn't no. sound like something you would do on a regular so it, it's it's a pretty cool blend of these two single origins that were like we're not necessarily sure they're going to stand up individually, right? But when you combine them, it creates something that's really good and unique. Yeah. Yes. So they exciting. they help each other stand, and they're both high quality beans, right? Just in terms of the flavor, the the fullness of flavor, right? Didn't really stand up on their own. So how can we? What can we do with these? Right. You know, sometimes if you have two supporting ingredients or three supporting ingredients and you put them together, they're better almost yeah. than the sum of their parts. Yeah. And. So we're, yeah, we're really excited about the blend. It's it's uh, and that's something that we want to lean into with with all of our blends. Maybe our, our single origins is not just having notes as kind of these things that exist in the ether that right. kind of get you maybe an accurate but yeah. vague description, but actually having little things that you can try. Uh, so you know, take like our, our now discontinued at least temporary yeah. Los Hermanos blend. Right, having a you know, a pecan, brown sugar, and orange juice. Yes. Try those, you know, and 
and then have some Los Hermanos and watch as it totally just blends and becomes right. a really unique flavor that and, and all those just separate flavors are right. indistinguishable. I mean, it's a crazy experience. It's a palate symphony. It's a palate symphony. <laughs> there you exactly. Go. I mean, it yeah. really is. All of a yeah. sudden, these like orange juice and coffee. Again, you, yeah. you almost think of it as like brushing your teeth and drinking orange juice. Right. Like, oh. That's the kind of clash I thought of at least. Oh yeah. I mean, if I ever had breakfast and coffee with OJ that was served to me, I'd save OJ last after I've had bre- coffee, then breakfast, then orange juice. But yeah, swishing them in my mouth together was like an enhancing experience for my taste buds. Can we right. take a moment to realize like Christian's uh, list of priorities is like not even food. It needs to be <laughs> coffee first. Like, don't even, I don't, I don't want food, coffee, breakfast. I'm sorry for nothing else before coffee. Yeah, exactly. Don't even, I don't, I don't care what you've made, coffee, then food. He has his coffee set up on his uh, nightstand. Yeah. You know, somehow I can handle coffee on an empty stomach. That's for awesome. Some people, they can. Yeah. I'm still doing it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so we want to do more of that right. to to take the notes and uh, make them an actual thing. Right. Right. Because it, it's fun, even if it's just a an exercise to discover the coffee more deeply. Not to sound too um, weird. Yeah. Uh, but meta. even even what would they pair well with? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's not like every day I, I'm going to make this new blend and like, all right, get a spoon and sit there i mean it's yeah. just kind of a, a one-off thing but it, it does give a unique experience of drinking that coffee and i think it helps people we've had this experience of trying to teach people how to taste coffees a lot of times they'll be like ah that's for you guys i don't know i don't have a refined palate and they're right. like you guys are it's like no you, you could learn this yeah, you could, sure. and it's just simple trial and error like right. oh bite an orange taste this coffee does it clash or does it melt and then you'll know that's where when people are saying there's a citrusness to it and then yeah. even more evolved is a grapefruit more is it more going to be a lemon a lime an orange so exactly. it's a simple thing that everyone can learn to do yeah instead of thinking like i don't have that palette you could almost teach yourself and train so right. having that unique experience i think will be cool for us to, i don't know yeah all of us to enjoy yes and, yeah. a, and a cool way for to interact with everybody that's having our coffee right yeah. you know because that, that's a way that we can all be having the same experience together of the coffee even in separate times and places and everything yeah Um, so definitely something that i think will in the near future be accompanying uh the coffees on our website right you know and maybe you know brief fun i i I don't even want to say instructional right it's more of an experience it's an experience yeah right yeah maybe you could like you know remember christian subscription subscribe here just have Christian eating peanut butter and jelly coffee. <laughs> what? It mixes well? <laughs> hey, this new blend, I wouldn't mind having that with the PB&J sandwich every morning. Yeah. I'd, hey, I'd, I'd pair them. That would be pretty good. I mean, your dad did that yesterday, yeah, right? he did. That was pretty cool. Peanut butter mm-hmm. and jelly sandwich and nice. the new the name, to be named blends. Right. Los Hermanos is on his way back, though. I mean, yes. As we're sitting here, Colombia Acevedo's in stock. Really? Which is dope. Because right. that's one of our favorite uh, blends. Yeah. Is, well, I mean, Morningstar is a staple cornerstone of our espresso, but Los Hermanos kind of really excited all of us. Yes. Um, and then a lot of our Colombian diehards, they yeah. really want Acevedo. In fact, I got an email from one of our customers. They got the Colombia honey, and they're like, yeah, but I really want Acevedo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of cool. That that's that's going to be something that we could get here shortly and have it back. And that means Larson Manos will be coming back sooner than we expected. Yeah. That's exciting. It is exciting because yeah. that that, I think that was just a really good daily driver blend. Right. Yeah. Which is always exciting. It's, it's fun to try the things that are a little bit on the farther outer reaches in terms of flavor and uniqueness. Right. But as a, co- as a daily coffee drinker, I appreciate something that I can enjoy for sure. You yeah. know, for a whole, if, if you're buying a, a pound of coffee, you want something that you can enjoy for 
depending on how many people are drinking it with you, two, three, four weeks right. in a yeah. row. Absolutely. So, And Los Hermanos was definitely that. So Kenya on the horizon, Guatemala on the horizon. What are some of the throwbacks of beans that you would say, I, I want that back? Or what are we looking forward to next? I think, I don't know, for me at least, I've never taken a deep dive into all the different Asian varietals. Right. Bali's been one, but I know there's so much more. That'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see what we could get out of those unique profiles. Yeah. Have you had a decent, besides Bali? Uh, I've done a few Sumatras. Okay. Um, I still think Bali had a little more on it. Yeah. And I've asked, I've roasted Sumatra for people who did like my early days of Bali roasting, which is pretty similar to now, but they, they said it was good, but they preferred the Bali. Gotcha. But um, there's also different kinds within and then also other Indonesian coffees. Yeah, there's like Burundi coffees. I'm just looking through a list of all the different Asian offerings. I mean, there's got to be something out there. I think what we've discovered with Bali is that perhaps the stereotype that Indonesian coffees, due to the lower elevation, right. oh, they yeah. lack complexity. That doesn't necessarily have to be true because I, I do think that Bali actually is... A pretty interesting coffee i mean oh, i think it has sure. an evolution even through as you let it cool right it starts out as one thing and by the time it cools you're having a whole nother flavor yeah and you so, can't even describe it no like, look at our descriptions unique. that we have it's kind of like we've called it forestry because like what do you, we even trying to figure out what it tastes like it's yeah. definitely unique yeah yeah and we've been surprised as we mentioned earlier right. at the response to it even just i don't, I don't know if, if i should say in spite of the description People really like Bali, man. It's cool. Like Bali Blue Moon. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. that sounds like, yeah. You're, Gives you're, you beach vibes. Oh, yeah. Or like an L.A. Noir detective. <laughs> like, get Bali Blue Moon on the line. Like, I don't know. It just sounds kind of, yeah, it's interesting. Right. So can we, can you know, does lightning strike twice? That's what we want to find out with Indonesia. We with, will. With that whole region. Hopefully. Yeah. Papua New Guinea, Java, Asawasi. Oh. Yeah, I'm ready to try Papua uh, New Guinea. Yeah. Organic Timor. In, t- in terms of two, to, to answer your question, um, on both sides of the spectrum, yeah. I would say that the Guatemala that we had initially was so good. That peanut buttery-ness, yes. man, that was probably, perhaps, mm, I think that was probably the most, the best daily driver coffee that we've had. Right. It's really enjoyable every day, Yeah, but it just has that really delicious nuttiness that doesn't really get tiring no. very easily. In terms of the blow your mind how is this even coffee type of thing i, I mean i think we all agree it yeah. has to be kenya, kenya. Right? the kenya pea berry right. that we had yeah, for sure um it even looks unique like those tiny little pea berry right you know even it just looks different yeah and uh yeah the first time i had it, we were just talking about this uh christian brooded this i think this is actually when you were still mm-hmm. roasting the bee more yeah right mm-hmm. and uh outside with a fan yeah <laughs> fan cooling box yeah on the, on the back deck that was, that was awesome those were the days it truly was handcrafted yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely handcrafted hand cooled yeah i i remember <laughs> yeah hand cooled i i mean tasting that coffee and then kind of forgetting about it as we were we were talking and then just kind of oh you know 10 15 minutes later right reaching out oh i got a little coffee left in my cup taking a sip and it's like so it was like grapefruit right crazy yeah. like, like i thought i had coffee not tea exactly yeah you're like what yeah. am i what truly what am i even tasting right now right this does not taste like any coffee that i've ever had yeah and it's so far from the stereotype of what coffee flavor well is. how many people how many people do we try i know my mom personally i think your mom as well uh how many tr- people that said i don't like drinking coffee and yeah. they had the kenya and they're like took a sip and then it's like oh okay and they're like oh 
take a little sip and right. then downy half a cup. Right. And they don't drink coffee. And this is a black cup of coffee, mind you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty unique. Right. Yeah, so I'm excited for that to come back. Same. Hopefully same. soon. Yeah. There's Caribbean coffee. I mean, there's all sorts of coffees. We could have a whole podcast and just coffees. Right. But that's something that's exciting about, just the evolution of that. What else do we have coming on this year? Okay. It may not be this year, but we all have ambitions and a site for a cafe. Yeah. Right? And what, I don't know, just throwing it out there. What, what do you see when you have the Parisia Cafe? What comes to mind? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Possibilities are endless. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I see, at least, is a, uh, I don't know, like a flagship location that could be kind of multi-purpose, like a headquarter, like a true HQ for training, for even a gathering space, for events, for even individual things that we all do. I mean, we all have different side things that we work on. Right. I mean, it could kind of be a multi-purposed area in addition to just being a cafe. Yeah. I like your idea, if you want to elaborate on that, kind of a, a trailer launch. Pad. A launch point? Yeah. Well, I mean, just to preface it, we were kind of talking about what can we what can we lean into that makes us unique, mm-hmm. you know, both in terms of our interests and our skill sets, but also based on the experience that we've accumulated, right? Because our experience is similar in certain areas, but it's pretty unique in a lot of other areas. And so rather than just being another has-been, right? Because right? everybody likes the idea, which is really cool, of opening up a cafe, right? You ask somebody, oh, what do you want to do when you retire? Oh, yeah. what, what would you, what is your dream? Oh, it's to open up a bagel shop. Oh, it's a, to open up a coffee shop, right? right? Cupcakes, coffee, bagels. Yeah, yes. Just pull it. Exactly. Yeah. But in terms of making a business that we can expand and continue to expand what we can offer to people, because that's really what this is about, right? right? We, we, want, we want this to be a full-time gig for all of us, but that's always in service to providing the best possible experience for the people that are buying our coffee. So um, I guess the idea that I had is, you know, how can we take this, these experiences and le- rather than going in a completely different direction, how can we lean even further into what we've already uh, experienced, right? In terms of things that we've done, things that we've learned, because right. we've learned a lot. There have been a lot of things that we learned in the past year, mm-hmm. actually less than a year, really. Yeah. yeah. Everything about the coffee business. And so, Will we end up doing this? I don't know, but the thought of perhaps having a headquarters where we can take our experience of building out this trailer and having multiple mobile cafes and having one area where uh, we can build build them and service them and restock uh, and replenish them. Yes, yeah, and have that as as a way to kind of go out in a really nimble, right, uh, limit overhead, but be able to offer a really great coffee experience to this the tons of areas right. surrounding that really don't have access to high quality coffee right and definitely not at a what i would deem a reasonable price right right yeah. something that i would be willing to maybe stop by and get multiple times a week right you know we're not talking just special event i bring my friend there maybe a friend there three times a year you know but like you're yeah. on your way to work this place is really great. I want to I'll stop over and grab my morning drink, that type of experience. You know, this sounds, I was talking to this guy at the farmer's market this just a few days ago, and it sounds like uh, what they're doing up in the Northwest, the little coffee huts. Uh, this guy is from Anchorage, Alaska. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's like, you know, I don't know why they don't have it here, but they've, and I was like, yeah, they have that in Seattle too, right? And he's like, yeah, they do. And his experience in Alaska is like, there's like little coffee huts uh, with the purpose of just serving good coffee and in underserved areas and stuff, and it's not like a, it's it's not like a huge 
you know, cafe gig going on, but it's like we have the headquarters and you dispatch to where you got to go and right. you serve those people. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're, they're there to get it, drink and enjoy. And right. then it's all at a reasonable cost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So hopefully having, in a sense, the best of the, both worlds. Right. Right. There, there is something that you can never replace about the cafe experience. Right. Sure. right? It's yeah. fun to have a place that is, is pleasant. It, it's just, it's a way to get out of the house. Right, yeah. You know, sometimes you don't want to be at your house and you don't want to be at work. Hence, the, that's where the whole third place, right? Right. Uh, that initially kind of kicked off this mainstream coffee culture, right? It was like that thought of the third place. Right. So a, a cafe done well can absolutely be that. And I think we want to, to have a place that's very, I don't know, well, I mean, obviously welcoming. I think everybody that runs a cafe would say that. But even in terms of the practical aspects, one thing that, that kind of bugs me is when cafes don't have easy parking or they yeah. don't have enough seating, right? right? And so it's kind of like, oh, am I, I don't know if I wanna go because I'm not, I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to find a place to sit. Right. Or the parking is such a pain. So, yeah. you know, I'm always thinking in a sense, I want a cafe that I like to be in. On the other hand, is it practical? Right. Right. For me to just show up and not have to worry, am I going to be able to park? Am I going to be able to see? I can just go. And all of those considerations have been thought out. Right. And I think part of that is just even how cafes are laid out. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, so. a pretty expansive, you know, again, multi-purpose use for the community, for our individual endeavors, for, I mean, again, even in basic the human sense just like having a date going out for a night i mean just yeah. the cafes have so many unique things that could bring to the the surrounding areas that we want to be able to create that yeah but at the same time i mean based on where we're located here in central virginia there's a lot of underserved areas there's a lot of more country rural areas that yeah. they don't really have good coffee right uh and you think you're going to drive 45 minutes to a cafe for a date night probably not but would you go stop by and get great coffee anyway right. to work or just right. something to do yeah. um i think the trailer operation could really i don't know launch that yeah. opportunity for a lot of folks well because it really is a win-win right right it's a win for the for the people that are living in those areas because they have uh ready access to it it's a win for us because Starting up, whether you're building a cafe or you're moving into a space, it's expensive. Right. And yeah, so if you're sure. if you're only busy for two or three hours out of the day, it really is not that practical, right? And hence, that's why you typically have really expensive, well thought out cafes that are in more densely populated areas. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you have to have that foot track of traffic in order to pay. It's necessary for for your yeah right for all the overhead. Right. I mean, yeah. you need a minimum of like a couple hundred customers just to make rent. For right. that, you know, day or if you broke it down in daily expense, right? Which yeah. trailer you don't need. I mean, you could be as nimble as possible, in and out, hour service the people that come, go, and you're out. Yes, that's that's exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess it's not necessarily a 2022 uh, plan, but it's an, something that we're going to move forward with. It would be yeah. nice to see the possibility. Yeah. Something right in our now, purview for sure. Yeah, like our yeah. our main trailer is going to be the the number one thing and then evolution into kind of that HQ location will be pretty yeah. cool for everyone. Well, and the trailer will absolutely be the, it, it's kind of our incubator. It's, right. it's what works, what doesn't work, what do people want? What are they not so interested in? Right. You know? And you never know where, you don't, again, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. So being out there five, six days a week is where we're really going to get the reps in and see what people are interested in and where they're interested in. Right. Speaking of, so one of the main things we're going to communicate with our client or I guess customers would be where to find us. So we'll probably do that mostly on Instagram, right? 
yeah. our website. It would be nice to post regular locations, but at the same time, go into unique different places, but give a heads up uh, mm-hmm. of where we're going to be because, I don't know, sometimes if you're in an office plaza all the time, again, it's just kind of like, well, yeah, if I had to fight traffic on broad to get there, right. it's really worth it. Right. But it would be nice to kind of pop off into Powhatan, just surrounding areas that are more rural, just not so much randomly, we'll strategize it and plan it and announce it, but uh, bring that kind of experience. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Weekly, we might be in different locations. Might have a couple of mainstays, but also travel throughout this whole area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and in closing, also related though, in terms of staying in contact, content. Like, what do we have? What do we have uh, planned, or even? What is exciting for you guys when you when you think about it in terms of the possibility for because that that's been that's a main pillar of this company right, right. is Education. not just selling coffee but yeah really educating people and hopefully entertaining yeah at the same time right we want this to be entertaining <laughs> um, so what type of content do you do you guys have any ideas that you're excited about I think one of them could be not that we read not that we do new brew grinds but I think as educators we're also learning ourselves right constantly trying to stay up to date and i think one thing we've discovered since we did our first set of brew guides is this method called osmotic flow you know which we have like really leaned in hard at the farmer's market telling people about it every single saturday right and i don't i don't i personally don't think we have too much content on it online Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's kind of what we've been practicing and we've i think all of us have stuck to that brew method um, which is a certain way to make pour over um with a you know adjusting your grind setting and all that but anyways it's i don't know i think there's always ways to update what we're doing not to say the old way was bad but we're just we're constantly progressing right you know like yeah some some of some of it is even shaving certain steps off that are not necessary right right yeah a lot of times you think like oh i must do this oh we experienced you brought up to me uh of not rinsing for example, oh yeah, you're rinsing your filter. Yeah, and oh, it's yeah. like I, that was just one of the steps that I always did, and right. now I've been doing it for the past few months, and I can't tell a difference now. Yeah, you know, just kind of even experimental things like that. I, I, it's true, and I, I think a lot of this, if we're able to shave off and simplify, it makes the barrier for entry much lower. Right. A lot of people are like I have to rinse the filter. Like I barely have time to like heat my kettle. You know. Right. Right. But like you shave these steps off, uh, your 15 minute brew method. Uh, you know, from start to finish, you could shave it down to under 10 minutes right? for making a pour over, which in some cases could be faster than a drip machine. Yeah. It would be nice to expand the horizons of most consumers to realize you could get a much better quality than you're drinking right now. Yeah. I think a lot of people who've gone either the, you know, pod method or instant method, uh, they have made great steps in all those methods, by yeah, the way. I mean, there's sure. different ways that they're a lot better than they were 10 years ago. Even. Oh, absolutely. But I think you're doing yourself a disservice of experiencing these different kind of levels of coffee. It's like, you know, being gifted a, uh, you know, a top tier food quality or maybe a steak or whatever it may be. And like, well, you know, it's easier to microwave that. And you're like, yeah, oh. you know, cook it, but at what cost? Right. Yeah, right. Same exact thing with coffee. Not yeah. to sound overly snobby, but at the same time, it's just that basic education now we want to be able to teach people how do you drink coffee and that's what works for you great try to do it the best way you can but don't be afraid to try different methods it's not i don't know there's sometimes there's an air of mysticism even when we're set up at the farmer's market people come they're like 
oh, what is this? It's like we're almost doing this, you know, yeah. alchemy kind of thing. Yeah. Could, you know, we're doing pour and they're like, well, I just want hot coffee. Like, that's, that's what yeah, this exactly. is. This is hot coffee, right? This yeah. is what is happening in your drip right. brewer. Yes. After you push start. Right, exactly. So we're doing it by hand. Right. It's still hot coffee, though. Yep. And it's much better than what's coming out of the oh, for sure. drip brewer, for sure. So, I don't know. Excited to challenge the norm and bring people into a better, unique experience as part of your morning routine, right? I mean, it's just, you start your day off with coffee. A lot of people do. And if you could be excited about that, as opposed to just like, meh, push a button and kind of have this kind of cup, right? Right. It could be part of your, I don't know, good routine for you to start your day off. Yeah. So yeah, excited about that concept really, education. I would say two two other things that come to mind for me. We we did originally have the idea for the How You Bruin series. How You Bruin, how that's you right. Bruin. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's going to be Christian walk around going, How You Bruin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> just, just a really fun way to showcase just normal people. Yeah. Right? Not like coffee experts or yeah. coffee snobs even. But it's, it's just fun to be able to connect with people, have a conversation with them, and maybe just pick up a few details about their coffee experience. Right. You know, really just an excuse to connect with some of the people that are drinking Parisio coffee. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one idea that we had last year that hopefully we can execute on this year. Mm-hmm. And this, this, I think, would require another idea that I think it would require a little bit of work, but I think could be really fun, is perhaps going around and profiling other roasters and cafes now yeah well how we started yeah that was that was fun all those little trips we took yeah you know that's true up and down virginia yeah and it's kind of like we've we've learned it's uh what's the the quote that uh, high tide raises all ships yes kind of, so it's not like an us versus them mentality it's like right. if we could all grow a consumer base with education why not right. so showcasing other people who are doing it yeah. and what what do we enjoy if i'm in this part of town or this city what would i drink Right, you know, so it'd be kind of cool to have yeah. that. Agreed. Yeah, because because you, you realize that everybody is doing something in their own little area for their community. Right. Right. The point isn't for us to have to colonize every single other. No, it's great that everybody has options that are local to them. True. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have that option. Right. So you have to buy coffee that is from. It, it could be across the country. It could be from another city, but the more local that you're able to make it, the more. The quality is going to be better, but also you're able to make those really fun connections where you know the person that roasted your coffee. Right. So yeah. that's super rewarding. So, yeah, I guess I would uh, just end this with, you know, what what do you all want to see, right? Yeah. In ter- in terms of content, what would be entertaining for you? What would provide value for you? Because we're definitely open to ideas. Um, yeah. That's something that we want to lean into. Absolutely. Uh, and same goes for coffee. Yeah, what yeah. kind of coffees you see out there? Yeah, you know, I I know it's uh, you guys might get mad at me, but uh, there is that frozen instance, and <laughs> oh. not that not that we would ever do it personally, but I'm so curious to try it. Right, just you know, what is that? Right. So I don't know if if anybody who watches us or follow us or buys our coffee, you see something that's kind of unique. We're not opposed to anything. Yeah. We might not like it, but I mean, not opposed to trying it. Right. Right. For I mean, sure. who knows? Yeah. It's a different process, a different way of doing things. So, uh, yeah. I think that's all we have yeah right i think that was a pretty good overview for where we've been in the last year and uh, what we're excited about within the upcoming year so if you've made it this far then uh, we hope to hear from you soon let us know what you want more of awesome nice <laughs> cool. signing off good night and good luck stay brewing